Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Thank you all for staying. You may be seated. In today's extra credit, we'll be covering some basic terms that you need to know when you play tabletop RPGs. In the episodes to come, we're going to be using a lot of these terms, and we usually define them as we use them, but there's some that are just so basic that uh, it's good to know ahead of time. Yeah, if you're someone who's just started playing tabletop RPGs, it's good to find a list like this and make sure you understand a lot of them, because you'll be hearing them thrown around a lot. And that's our first definition. What is a tabletop RPG, or a tabletop role-playing game? Or a TTRPG. <laughs> or a PNP, a pen and paper. Oh god, there's so many acronyms. I hate letters. <laughs> well, it's a game that allows the player to take on the role of a character, and the actions chosen by that player shape and influence the story, which unfolds during the game. You're sitting down with... The reason they call it a pen and paper is because, at least back in the day, now a lot of people use laptops, but you have a paper that has all your stats, and you have a pen. Oh, we'll have to make up a new acronym for that now. What if we use a pencil? <laughs> An LNT, laptop and table game. <laughs> all right, we got a lot of terms to go through. We can't make all these quality, quality jokes. All right, all right. Um, next term is role-playing, and that is R-O-L-E playing. This is the act of taking on a role of a character that you have created either as a player or as a GM. A lot of times this includes first-person dialogue, but I play with a lot of people who like just do like third-person narrate their actions. Um, it's all up to what you prefer. And you know what? There's a there's a very very clever title of a show called Role Play, and it's R O L L, and they do tabletop RPGs on YouTube. That's a clever name. Shout out to them. I enjoy their show. A player. You're gonna hear this a lot. A player is the actual human being playing the game. As opposed to the player character, which is the character that the player is um, playing, playing. <laughs> as, role-playing as. Right. As I mentioned in the last episode, that's only part of the game. You also need a game master, or D&D called it the dungeon master. You'll hear them interchangeably. This is the person that controls the world that the players play in. And similarly to player character, a non-player character, or an NPC is any creature or entity in the game world that the Dungeon Master roleplays as. And then there's the term creature. This term is used generically to refer to anything that can take any sort of action, any living creature. It doesn't even have to be living, it can be undead. And the reason I wanted to find this is because there's a lot of spell descriptions that will use this word, and it's important because if they say it targets allies, you know, okay, it's going to target my allies or enemies, but if it says target creature, then you know everyone, ally, enemy, doesn't matter, is going to be targeted. A d20 is a 20-sided dice, which you'll be used to decide most of your actions. Similarly, a d with any number after it means it is a dice with that many sides on it, so a d6 is a six-sided die, a d8 is a eight-sided die, so on and so forth. And then there's a weird one called a D percentile, which isn't so much a dice. I mean, you can't have a D100, but it's when you roll two ten-sided dice together to try to get a percent. The term natural is usually used to refer to dice rolling. You'll say you rolled a natural 20. What this means is that when you rolled the dice, what physically came up on the dice before you added any numbers to it was that number. So natural 20 means you rolled the dice and a 20 was visible at the top of the dice. Uh, natural 10 means you rolled the dice and there was a 10 visible at the top of the dice. The core rules is the subset of rules that is basic and core to the game. Usually this is all you need to play a game, but there's other like expansions, kind of like you'd imagine DLC for a video game. You'll see this acronym occasionally, especially if you're looking at like forums online. It's R-A-W, and that stands for Rules as Written. And that means that 
you are taking the literal meaning of a published rule in one of these rule books as opposed to the designer's intent, whether that is assumed or explicitly stated. A mat or a battle mat is a physical mat with gridded lines for drawing onto to make maps or locations in the game. A dungeon is an area the player characters go to that is typically already mapped out for the purpose of combat, but can also be for the purpose of puzzles and other encounters. If you stopped listening now, you would now have the basic set of terms to understand things we're going to be talking about in future episodes. But we're going to go on to some more specific terms. Let's talk about some terms that refer to game mastering. The Game Master's screen, or the GM screen, this is a fold-out cardboard accessory used by the Game Master to hide from the player's eyes any information that he doesn't want them to know or that the player shouldn't know. This includes stuff like uh, sense motive checks. The players aren't supposed to know whether they don't know this person's telling the truth because they rolled low on the sense motive check or because they rolled high on the sense motive check. Right. You hide all sorts of things there. Monster stats, story things... Uh, The term house rule means a rule that is implemented and was created by not the developers of the game, but probably the DM you are currently playing under. They made a rule, it's an altered version of a rule, or a completely new rule that you use specifically in your game group. Fluff. This is story-based material designed to enhance role-playing. This can be like background information for NPCs, scenarios, or stuff to flush out the history of this town. This is fluff. Non-mechanic-based material. You'll hear the term railroading, and this should have, this is usually used with a negative connotation. This refers to the game's story being on railroads, and it's got one linear direction and you cannot deviate from it. Fudging. This is lying about what your dice rolls or stats are. Pretty much cheating. We talk about this in uh, DM Philosophies. Yeah, way in the 200 series. The term GM Fiat is the ability for the Game Master to make a judgment that may not follow the rules explicitly, but is usually done to speed up play or to rebalance while playing the game. So we're not spending time looking up through all the rules, just like, alright, you know, just just roll this, and then later on we'll look up the real rule. The BBEG, the Big Bad Evil Guy. This is the antagonist boss NPC for a particular adventure or campaign. A minion is a enemy NPC that is typically minimally detailed. They're hostile, they can be defeated without too much uh, effort on the PC's part. Uh, subject to special rules which require less bookkeeping than a normal NPC. You know, I wanna, I'm going to praise 5th uh, edition, which was the very first experience I ever had with a tabletop RPG. Hey, you guys know what that is now that we've defined it. In D&D 5th edition, they had rules and they had them called minions. Pathfinder doesn't have a minion per se, but in 5th edition, the minion was something that had, didn't matter how much damage to it, If you did damage, it died. It was an interesting concept that I've kind of carried forward in my Pathfinder games. That is, uh, I think that's 4th edition, you mean? I do mean 4th edition. Thank you. Alright, so those are some game mastering terms. Let's talk about some meta terms. Meta means things like that are about the game. Typically referred to things that are outside of the game, not constructs of the game itself, but things in the physical world. Right. We're taking a step up from the game. Right. So the system, the game system, is the set of game mechanics which make up a game. So we talk about the Pathfinder system. I just mentioned the Dungeons & Dragons 4th edition system. A session is a single meeting of a role-playing group, and a single session will have you doing, you know, a session's amount of work in-game. A season is a single or linked set of sessions. And a campaign is a series of seasons, or multiple seasons linked together to make an overarching campaign. And this can vary. I had a campaign that lasted a year and consisted of five seasons. 
But Trailblazers has lasted just about a whole year, and that is only a single season. Canon is original material or referring to original source material, which is created or accepted by an RPG's designer. This is stuff that when you're running like a pre-made or something like that, which we'll define in just a second, like official lore for the world you're in. Uh, Caleb just mentioned a pre-made game. If you hear the words pre-made game, that means a adventure that is published by a company that develops um, the world you're playing in, such as Pathfinder is published by Paizo. Any, they make little adventure paths and little adventure modules that are pre-made material. They have the NPCs in it, they have the story in it, it's up to the GM to change things and run that uh, little adventure. Whereas Homebrew is where you create your own world and your own story for your players. A Deus Ex Machina is not that video game with all the androids in it. Which is it so is, good, though. <laughs> it's a storytelling device that this has a negative connotation. It means that out of nowhere... Something, someone unrelated to the story at hand comes and, or something unrelated to the story at hand just arrives and saves the day miraculously for really no reason presented in the story. It's derived from a classical term with stricter definition, a sudden and unexpected resolution to a seemingly intractable problem. You ever heard the term the god of the mach- the god from the machine? It's a, it's a a solution that seems to arise from outside the fiction. This is what made everyone very, very angry at the ending of Mass Effect 3. Mm. The little kid thing. IRL, or in real life. This is where you actually play the game in real life. You sit down at a table and play with friends, or hopefully they're your friends, <laughs> across a table or whatever. This is as opposed to playing an online game, where you typically have some sort of software with a map built in and a voice chat, and you play online as opposed to in real life. A PBP, which is a play-by-post, is usually played on like a web forum, um, but any story where you, anywhere you can share content, you can do it. It's a very slow style of play, but it also incorporates much more depth to a character role-playing. Uh, there's also a couple other ones here kind of branching off a PBF, play-by-forum, or PBE, play-by-email. Like, you know, uh, it's it's really interesting, and we'll talk about this. We're going to do a whole special episode on 300 series about play-by-post. It's interesting that this still exists. Uh, like, there, mail chess isn't really a thing anymore, right? Mail chess? Yeah, where you used to, like, write your move and then mail it to your friend, and then they would make that move on their board in at their own home, and then they would make their move and send that in through snail mail. That became, <laughs> you know, eventually people used to do that by email. They could play just by email, but now there's just so many free and easy ways to play with people online to play chess, it's funny that it doesn't really exist anymore, but play-by-post still exists, even though there's all these different ways to play online. Hmm. The term actual play is a reference to the recording or transcription of a session of play into a form intended to be read by a third party. We have a actual play podcast or that Caleb is the GM of, and he records the sessions and puts them up for listening on our website. Yep, that's Trailblazers. It releases every Tuesday. In character, or IC, is an action or discussion which is meant to be performed by a character in the story of the game. But there's actually a second definition to this term. That can also refer to character behavior in line with the character's personality. So I might say to somebody, hey, you're not really playing in character. You're sort of metagaming, which we'll talk about in a second. But also I can say, hey, say that in character. Instead of saying, I'd like to go to the bar, you, I want you to say that in character. Hey, guys, let's go to the bar. 
This is opposed to out of character, which is just the exact opposite. It means actually discussing things you're going to be doing in the game out of game between the players, or an action that is not within the confines of a character's development. A dungeon crawl is a role-playing game scenario or adventure in which the main focus is exploration of the environment, engaging in fighting any monsters, and collecting treasure. Commonly set in a dungeon made up of hallway and rooms with little to no storyline. A story-based campaign is a campaign that is driven mostly by the narrative and not by going into different dungeons and fighting things to progress the story, but rather talking to people and solving scenarios that aren't necessarily combat scenarios. Right. The difference between the two is the purpose. The purpose of the dungeon crawl is to fight monsters, get loot. The purpose of the story-based is to tell the story. Um, though both can use things from each other. Story-based certainly has dungeons, and dungeons can involve some sort of story. Experience points, or XP, is a system for improving characters in role-playing games. Typically, a character will be rewarded experience points for succeeding at challenges like defeating a monster or completing a mission. After you collect a certain amount of experience points, the player character will improve, usually by increased stats or by achieving new skills. To frag something is to kill something. You frag a creature, you kill a creature. Generally a term you'll see more in like any sort of modern or sci-fi RPG that involves weapons, uh, you know, guns and stuff. Metagaming is things discussed about the rules by the GM and players as opposed to things happening in-game, you know, by the characters. Or another definition is to, to calculate the success-failure of an action by reviewing character stats and game mechanics as opposed to acting based on character personality and what the character knows. As an example, suppose one of your players used to be a GM, so they've seen a lot of the uh, monster stats and the bestiary, and you end up throwing an enemy at them that they have seen before in the bestiary, so they know and act upon some sort of weakness they have that the character had no reason to know. That would be metagaming, or the first definition of metagaming. Really, it's, it's to, to put it clear, and I, probably a better definition than the ones we gave, is when the player character knows something the player knows, but he shouldn't. The term third party refers to publications for a game that are from someone other than a game's current publisher, which are often printed under a license, usually the OGL open gaming license. Right. A TPK is a total party kill, the event of an entire group of player characters in a game being wiped out by a threat or a challenge. The, the dragon caught us by a surprise, and it became a TPK. PvP is an acronym for player versus player. This is the ability or allowance for players to attack each other directly. This is the sort of thing that you kind of like say at the beginning of the game. Are we going to allow PvP or not? Nerfing. This is a change made by somebody to reduce the overall effectiveness of a particular ability, system, beast, or something like that. Not necessarily like a house rule, but it's like a call. It's a call at the moment in game by the GM. It has also been done by publishers before. We've seen certain abilities of certain classes get um, errated. The term mm -hmm. for this is typically errata. Errata isn't necessarily a nerf, but it is a change to the system by the publishers. Right. You, uh, and it can also be correcting of typos published in books. Right. So they'll, they'll find out, oh, I don't... Uh, the, the summoner with the archetype synthesis is too good. We need to nerf him in some way. Listen, if anybody's played League of Legends or something like that, you know what nerfing is. If you've played any Blizzard game besides Hearthstone, you know what nerfing is. <laughs> no, if you've played Hearthstone, you know what nerfing is hardcore, because they don't just kind of tweak a card. When they change it, it's like, now no one will ever want to play this card. No, that's, when they, know, that's when they know what fragging is. <laughs> 
Blizzard doesn't nerf in Hearthstone. They frag, and they do it once a year. <laughs> Counter-Strike players and people who play things like Black Ops, you know what nerfing is, and it made you very upset. A miniature oh. is a small model, kind of like a toy model, representing a person, person's vehicle, or some other pawn or actor that is used during the combat simulation of the game. These can be really, really elaborate, with highly detailed metal sculptures that are hand-painted very carefully. Uh, strictly speaking, only those that are three-dimensional representations are considered miniatures. But in some circles, the term has been broadened to encompass any token used for representation. Right, I use these cardboard flat circles with just a picture on them. I call them tokens instead of miniatures. But miniatures, I've seen people use them outside of combat as well. In there, in like you have a map of a bar or whatever. Right. LARPing. This is live action role playing. This is role playing as if you are a theater major. <laughs> you you have all your stats and stuff, but you're going to try to act out some of the events uh, as much as you can. Usually LARPs are like this weekend long thing where you go to like a campsite that the organizers of the LARP have rented out for the weekend. There's a lot of people who are actually actors that play NPCs and then costumes, people... things like oh, yeah. that. Alright, so about character terms. Your character is composed of stats. Stats are the numerical value applied to elements of a game. This can be a character's abilities, the numbers detailing how much damage a sword does, or the details of how an object, such as a vehicle, interacts with the environment. Your class is kind of like the main area of expertise, or your role, or your job for a player character. The typical classes you'll find in almost any fantasy game are fighter, cleric, thief, or wizard, right? But there's a ton of classes in Pathfinder. The term multi-classing means that you are a player character with classes in multiple different classes. For instance, you can be both a thief and a wizard. You have levels in both of them. And just so you don't go around using the word thief, we actually call them rogues here in Pathfinder. Level. This is an overloaded term when it comes to RPGs. It can refer to the character level, which is uh, your strength. A level 5 guy is a lot stronger than a level 1 guy. It can also uh, refer to... I guess it always refers to like a power level of some kind. A spell level. Again, the higher the level spell, the better and more powerful it is. Uh, The dungeon level, the monster level. Um, The monster level in Pathfinder, we kind of call that a CR, a challenge rating, which we define when we talk about how to make good encounters. So here, let me give you a sentence to, to explain how, how overloaded this is. My third level fighter fought 4th level monsters on the 5th level and was hit with a 6th level fireball. Like, that all is using different ways of level. Character creation is the method used to create a character, especially a player character. Typically, the first session of any campaign will be composed of you all creating your characters. When you create a character, you're putting their stats on a character sheet. You're putting the idea you had, and you're writing them down on a character sheet, which is a record of a player character in a role-playing game, including whatever details, notes, game statistics, and background information a player would need during a play session. This typically refers to a physical character sheet, but a lot of character sheets are digitalized now and exist on the digital spectrum. If you've played RPGs before, especially MMORPGs, which is massively multiplayer online RPGs, we're even talking about acronyms not even related to Pathfinder. Um, You'll be familiar with the next few terms. Um, A tank is a character that can dish out a lot of damage, but as well as take a lot of damage. They're typically in the front line, and they're absorbing a lot of hits. They can go toe-to-toe with the biggest baddies. Right. The DPS, which stands for damage per second, is the guy who can deal out a lot of damage very, very quickly. Generally, this person uh, doesn't have a lot of health, though. A healer is 
someone who heals. About it. <laughs> Not very uh, intricate there. Now, we define these terms because they're widely used, and I want you to understand what they are, but we actually have a different idea about what kind of really player types there are in Pathfinder specifically. Sometimes you would think tank and DPS and healer don't quite actually fit this game. Go listen to our episode Pathfinder 106 Party Rules to hear more about that. Ability scores. This is your natural inborn characteristics shared by all characters, such as physical strength or wisdom, and Pathfinder strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. And those inform all your other stats. Now, this is Pathfinder-specific, but your ability score is typically a two-digit number. If it's really low, it's a one-digit number. These confer your ability modifier. Ability modifier is a smaller number derived from the bigger number that you use to actually add to all your uh, skills and stats and things like that. So, for instance, if you have 10 strength... You have an ability modifier of zero. You actually use zero when using your strength to your weapons and your damage and things like that. If you have a strength score of 16, that confers an ability modifier of three. And you use that three when you're calculating things like attack and damage. It goes up by one every two points you have into it. The reason we're kind of defining this is is almost all the time you'll hear what's your ability modifier and some players might accidentally give their ability score. It's rare that you'll use ability score. It's, it's, there's sometimes you do. I think like you can hold your breath to your your ability, your constitution score. You can, you die at negative constitution score, not modifier, things like that. Then there's mad. This is your, this is when you're really upset. No, this is your multiple attribute dependency. This is, most classes have, like, there's one score that's really, one ability score that's really important to them. The fighter really wants, you know, the strength score. The cleric gets more spells when he has a higher wisdom. But mad means they need more than one. The number one example of a multiple attribute dependent class is the monk. The monk is a physical fighter, so they need all the physical stats. They need their strength to deal damage and their con to take hits, because they have a lot of hit points. They also need wisdom because they can't wear armor and they get their wisdom to the AC. But then they also need dexterity because they also need their AC from dexterity. So now you got this class that needs, at minimum, four different stats to be pretty good in order to play them. As opposed to a wizard who's like, hey, here's a bunch of int, I'm ready to go. Now in the example of the monk, that would mean that the two stats that he didn't need to be effective, his intelligence and his charisma... They're referred to as dump stats. This is a stat with little or no perceived value for a character, and one that is often sacrificed or shortened in favor of another one. For example, unless your your class really relies on charisma, if you're doing a dungeon crawl campaign, you probably don't need a lot of points in charisma. You don't need to be charming the goblins and the ogres and the tro- trolls. That's right. Bugbears. There's always bugbears with goblins. Unless that's your thing. You can go for it. (laughs) It's about skills. This is your capabilities, such as spoken languages, horse riding, or like in a futuristic campaign, computer hacking. In Pathfinder, there are skill points, which are the actual points you use to distribute into those skills, and then that determines how good you are at them. A character with a lot of skill points can be good at a lot of things. AC stands for armor class, and this is used in most fantasy RPGs to represent how difficult it is to hit a character. I'm wearing a lot of armor, so I have an AC of 12. When you roll attack, you need to beat 12 to get through my armor. The DC is difficulty class, and we're going to be seeing a lot of XC words. The C typically means class. Difficulty class is a number 
set forth for a challenge, and you have to meet that number or get higher than it to beat that challenge. For instance, the DC of an acrobatics check would be how hard it is to, say, jump a gap. So you're going to use your acrobatic skill that you put skill points in to try to make the DC. (laughs) So a save or a saving throw is an attempt to avoid a detrimental effect. Often you'll hear phrased as making a save. So make a reflex save, make a will, uh, will save, or make a fortitude save. Fortitude save is like stuff that gets poisons, will, mind-affecting spells, and reflex dodging some sort of fireball or something that's coming at you. Those also have the DCs. Make a DC 15 reflex save, you might hear. A powered gamer is a player who is focused on system mastery. They're often referred to as min-maxers, but a power gamer is someone who is trying their best to make their character as powerful as possible using all rules available to them. They'll often utilize what we talked about, dump stats. They'll dump their dump stats as low as they can go in order to raise all their other stats. They're trying to squeeze every last advantage out of a character, and often this is the result of a player trying to build a character which will achieve unbalanced success in the game. Now, this is going to be confusing because min-maxing also can refer to something that's just a little bit different. It's the same kind of purpose, but it's to um, it's a term used to describe a character designed to maximize their strengths and minimize their weaknesses. The difference between the two definitions, one person is willing to get certain weaknesses, like he dumps his charisma, which means he is going to be bad at bluffing, but he is better at all these other things. But there's min-maxing where I'm, still, I'm not going to have bad charisma, I'm still going to have an okay charisma, because I don't want to have any sort of weakness. A rules lawyer is a player who will argue with the DM about how things should be. They'll see some sort of error in the way the rules go, and they'll just argue endlessly about it. A race is a character's species, ethnicity, type, or other description of their physical and cultural heredity. Role-playing games are very big in including fantasy races like uh, dwarves and elves, and then in futuristic games you'll have like mutants and robots, things that are like non-human but usually bipedal. In a lot of these role-playing games, your race determines what stats you get, what ability scores you get, and these are often you'll use as tools for power gamers and min-maxers. They will choose specific races because they have specific bonuses. Res is the term uh, to stand for resurrection. You resurrect a character. If you played WoW, you hear this all the time. But it's the act of bringing a character back from the dead in the game as opposed to have it create a new one. Plenty of ways to do this in Pathfinder between spells or your gem creates some sort of story plot for this. All right, Christian, let's finish up with some combat terms, things that players might hear in combat. Hit points, or HP, is a number used to track how much damage a character can take in combat before collapsing or possibly dying. Usually it's a number that you just keep subtracting from until it reaches zero or lower, and then healing is raising that number up. Damage is any harm that comes to a character is usually expressed as damage. Um, and there's a ton. There's different types of damage. There's normal damage, there's fire, acid, things like that. This is the stuff that take 8 damage. If you have 30 hit points, now you have 30 minus 8. There are combat maneuvers, and this is a Pathfinder... Or this is the wording for the Pathfinder-specific mechanic. This means making some sort of attack against someone that isn't trying to damage them per se, but do something like trip them, push them knock the weapon out of their hand, cause some sort of detrimental effect that isn't specifically damage. An effect is a positive or negative element which affects a character, almost always causing modifiers to abilities or allowable actions. So you can be stunned, poisoned, hasted, unconscious. It can come from spells, it can come from poisons, it can come all sorts of things. 
And a good effect or a good status effect is called a buff, and a bad one is called a debuff. If I have a large person on me, I'm bigger, that's a buff. If I'm fatigued, that's a debuff. Now, normally, you're not supposed to use a word to describe another word, and I said the word effect, and then I say it's a positive or negative element which affects a character. But guess what? Effect with an E and effect with an A. Take that, sucker. <laughs> a round is a unit of time in-game which generally limits the number of actions a character can take before another character or creature can act. In Pathfinder, a round is specifically six seconds of time in-game. And to figure out who goes in what order in a round, you roll initiative, which is the order who goes first and what order you're allowed to declare your actions and carry them out. That's the first thing you'll hear before you go into combat is roll initiative. Melee can refer to hand-to-hand, handheld weapon combat or to fight in close proximity, and it can also be a noun to describe a long, knockdown, drag-out kind of fight. Range. This is combat that comes out from a distance. A called shot is an attack made by a character which targets a particular area of an opponent or object. This depends on the system, and it will typically uh, be a trade-off that is more difficult to hit, say, someone's head, but it will deal more damage if it hits. Something like that, yeah. Line of effect is is a term used to describe if an effect, like a spell or something like that, can affect something. Uh, usually this is usually used by spells, uh, but also certain ranged uh, splash kind of weapons. Line of sight is pretty obvious. It's a term used to describe the ability of one creature to perceive something at any distance. Most often used to determine if something may be targeted. Now this, you can create a lot of confusion with this, especially when you're casting spells, because spells will usually say line of effect, and ranged weapons usually say things like line of sight. Here is the big difference between line of effect and line of sight that you'll need to know if you're a ranged character, whether it's with bows or spells. Line of effect is a straight, unblocked path that indicates what a spell or something like that can affect. A line of effect is canceled by a solid barrier. It's like line of sight for ranged weapons, except that it's not blocked by fog, darkness, and other factors that limit normal sight. A line of effect starts from any corner of your square and extends to the limit of its range or until it strikes a barrier that would block it. A line-shaped spell, for example, affects all creatures and squares through which the line passes. But the line of sight is the same as a line of effect, but with the additional restriction that it's blocked by fog, darkness, and other factors which limit normal sight. So with my bow, I can have a line of effect to the enemy through the fog, but I don't have a line of sight to him. A critical hit, or a crit, is a type of result associated with a strong outcome. A critical hit is the result in Pathfinder of a natural 20. Or sometimes a little less, depending on the weapon. Right. A critical failure is just the opposite, is typically a very negative outcome, resulting from something like a natural 1 showing up on the dice. Fog of War means the things that you cannot see in a battlefield. So if you are human with normal sight... You can't see past this fog of war, but maybe an elf with better vision can. Rooms that you haven't gone into yet or things like that, they're under the fog of war. We don't know what's there. This is like a big, if you play any sort of uh, real-time strategy game like StarCraft or Command & Conquer or Civilization, you'll know what fog of war is. You haven't explored the area yet, so it's dark, or you have no one there, so you don't know what's happening there. Things could have changed since last you saw it. An AOO is an attack of opportunity. This is used a lot in Pathfinder. This means that any attack made because someone did something risky in reach of another character. For instance, if someone can 
you know, reach you, and you take your turn to reach into your pocket, and you pull out a potion and go to drink it, that will provoke an attack of opportunity from the person who's just sitting there watching you do this. They're going to hit you when, you when you try to do something like that. AOE, or area of effect, is the area affected by an attack or spell which affects more than one creature or object. If I throw a bomb, it has an area of effect. It doesn't hit just one person. And that's it. You now are ready to understand really any discussion from anyone about RPGs. Granted, you know, you were listening to us. I was barely listening to us. <laughs> Not very interesting stuff, but necessary stuff, and stuff that you're eventually going to run into. Definitely. Well, I appreciate everyone staying for extra credit. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great Pathfinder podcasts, visit our site, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? You can email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening. <laughs>